I'm also a strong believer that a market like I'm offering in co-working will more than other companies come out as a winner of the pandemic because I think we are offer exactly what it is that we have learned throughout the last one and a half years in wanting flexibility, wanting to have exactly that different balance every day, depending on do I need to kind of loop back very quickly home because I need to kind of take over from my spouse or how can I still get in contact with people but still be safe? And I think that inspiring, caring community has been something which people are really uh, mentioning as a differentiator throughout the pandemic when you loop into spaces like mine. Welcome to OpenSAP Invites Thought Leaders, your invitation to learn with us on the go. Welcome to a special Thought Leaders episode with Lorna Agersbjerg, as we discover the inspiration behind her co-working space, Tink Tank Coworking, in the heart of Heidelberg, Germany. Lorna takes us all behind the scenes, shares what it's like to be a new entrepreneur during the pandemic, and talks about the people, the community, and how working models are evolving to suit our changing attitudes to where we live and work. Whether you love the routine of working in the same place every day, or you're more of a digital nomad, stay tuned to learn from Lorna's fascinating co-working expertise. I'm your host, Elisabeth Riemann. Let me introduce you to Lorna Agersbjerg. Lorna Agersbjerg is the CEO and founder of Tink Tank, a premium co-working space located in Heidelberg, Germany. Lorna worked for SAP for 15 years before she founded her own company with the vision to build a creative and authentic workplace with a hint of her native Danish simplicity and professional flexible working models. Lorna works for and with all kinds of companies, consulting them both in new work new working models, as well as supporting startups in different stages of their growth. She's co-rebel for the digital agency Business Rebels, combining digital transformation needs with humanized methods like design thinking and modern communication to help customers to be prepared for their future. Lorna is a certified design thinking coach and about to publish her first book on hybrid work and workplaces as well as a white paper on hybrid work. Let's say hello. Hello, Lona. Welcome to Open SAP Invites Thought Leaders. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. <laughs> We're happy to have you here too. Lona, you're founder and CEO of Tink Tank, the co-working space in Heidelberg. And today we're really excited to hear your view and your first-hand experiences of co-working and the different working models that are shaping our working lives in 2021. Today, Lona, we're recording our conversation remotely from different locations in and around Heidelberg, Germany. I think this in itself is proof that tech Technology helps keep us connected. It also lets us work effectively together too. But, and I think we'd agree here, that wherever we live and work, there is absolutely no substitute for face-to-face -face interactions in the real world. And that's where co-working comes in. So Lorna, as a warm-up question to today's discussion, I'd like to know, do you have a favorite working space? Uh, well, definitely um, a working space where I do not have to be alone. <laughs> so that's picking up what you said. And I guess ideally also having um, 
different kind of people around me. Um, that can be right all kinds of companies represented in industries. And what I really enjoy is obviously very open-minded people who also enjoy right, collaborating and the community feeling. Um, so yeah, and then a good cup of coffee. That it's part of having a favorite environment to work in. Fabulous. The right priorities, I think, to good coffee and good company. Where can you go wrong with that? <laughs> and another question, is there a must-have item either in your bag or on your desk that simply has to be with you in your working space? Mine, for example, is a pen. I always have to have something to write with and I always need a hairband, at least close to hand. Well, I actually have, uh, since I'm, I'm from Denmark, I have a, a small, uh, like, rocking head. Uh, it's called the Hoptimist. And uh, you can like uh, flip it with your, your nail or your hand and then it, it kind of shakes a little bit. And I always have that with me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that sounds really fun. It says on it, keep smiling. And that um, always reminds me, even in the high times, you can't stop smiling. That's a brilliant reminder. Oh, I love that. <laughs> and Lona, can you tell us maybe the story behind how and why you founded Tink Tank? What's your mission? Yeah, I'm, I'm happy to. So actually, it goes back almost five, six years ago, as I wrote at that time, my vision board describing, I think, my view on that perfect working environment. And I had a very good friend who was a coach to help me. And we had a long session, which was resulting in really me describing a four pages on how a perfect environment or how my vision is of that. And a small side note, she asked me at some point in time to put a, a picture on my vision board, anything, anywhere. And I ended up actually putting a picture of the building where I'm actually now located with Ting Tang, a little bit scary story. Um, but really? um, wow. <laughs> <laughs> it was meant to be. It was meant to be, exactly. So I, in my vision board, I pictured myself really, as I said before, surrounded by a lot of inspiring people who really do every day what they do with passion and drive. And also with this natural desire to share knowledge with others within that true community feeling. And I wanted a very authentic place where you could come not as a, a like an employee, but as a whole person with everything you have. And we experienced that throughout the pandemic. We had a lot of our co-workers who brought in homeschooling kids and husband and wives came along and took over and really having that, I'm a whole person when I check in, but I can still work professional and focused. And with that vision, I found a think tank and kind of having a mission on put my fingerprint on a place to yeah, literally embrace all that. That's amazing. I love the, the authenticity of that vision as well. And really saying that, you know, we can bring the whole person that we are to our office space where we want to work. Our work is only one aspect of our character. And there are so many different facets to that, too. And Lona, if I might ask, what is it about the building itself for your mood board, for your vision board that really inspired you? What drew you to the building? So the building, in, and for those who are in Heidelberg, probably knows where it is. It's two minutes behind the main train station. It's an old kind of storage room for tobacco back in the 1800s, where the Landfried himself was actually an entrepreneur and kind of kicked off his company. And you would have these old buildings with very high ceilings, uh, beautiful 
kind of windows, you have a light all around you. And what I like about the place is that in itself, it's a community. You have like restaurants and, and different kind of shops. You have all these different companies coming together. And even on the, the ground, there is a, a collaboration on meeting and kind of exchanging as well. And I thought that fitted well with what it is that I wanted also to add to Landfried today. And today I'm still the only one here who is providing such a space as Tengtong. Brilliant. And I can just see as well, you have beautifully styled spaces in your co-working space. How important to you are well-designed and aesthetically pleasing co-working spaces? How do they really influence the way we work and how effective we are and how we communicate with one another? Well, you can look into a lot of psychology around what lights, colors, having an easy view on things, so nothing disturbing, what that does to us as being a focused and concentrated in our work, but also being yeah, aesthetic inspired back. That doesn't put away that when we work, we need to work professional and focused. So obviously there need to be like the right desk and the right chair and we need to have right lights. And all these things we kind of take for granted, I think in our working environment, but adding this aesthetic and what I obviously wanted to put as well, since coming from the Nordics, is, is a more simplicity into how a space can look like. We have a, an event room where I know one of my very important things was in there that there are no furniture who cannot be moved around. It's very important that a room kind of moves with you because you never know what is going to happen in the room. So you would have things who can just, and every time a customer's here, you have the, the furniture somewhere else or they on top of each other or put somewhere else. And that I enjoy very much to see how they are actually working with the room and the furniture as part of their kind of uh, creative face as well. That's fabulous. And I love the fact you say it's part of the, their own creativity, that whoever comes to work in the spaces that you provide, they can really bring their own individuality to that. They can rearrange the furniture quite literally and really make the space then individually work for their own needs on the particular day then too. And Lorna, would you like to list us through some of the key aspects that, that Tink Tank provides in terms of the different styles of working spaces that you offer? Yeah, so obviously we provide what I guess all co-working and flexible workplaces offer. As I said, there is a desk, there is a chair, there are lights. Uh, we need obviously high-speed internet. We need to have all the equipment which you need, like printers and material. But in co-working, there's so much more to it. Being that having, right, locking into that expert network around you with people to discuss ideas with, because going into a co-working space, it's different from going into a headquarter where you would have your colleagues next to you who are probably working on similar projects or maybe the same product or project as you. But that is not what you find when you look into a log into a co-working space. You never know who's going to be here. And having very flexible membership, there are people who are here Mondays and never Thursdays and others who come Tuesdays and Fridays. So you never know who you end up working with. And I think having that sounding board on having very diverse people from different industries and different kind of levels and experiences to kind of uh, almost throw your idea up against. And what I experienced here is having, I guess, an openness almost default when you come in here, searching that very diverse and very open-minded, very colorful kind of setting. There is almost per default when you come in another spirit, as I have experienced it throughout my 23 years in, in bigger companies, is you are much more 
yeah, open, much more polite, much more kind of equipped to also really want to understand who it is that you have in front of you, what is it that you're working with. And you will see that throughout the day in the zones, people are moving around in the room, but around like lunchtime, people kind of gather up as we like in the kitchen and then somebody comes to it and you hear like the people are starting eating and then everybody else is kind of moving up again. So I think, right, having that sounding board also throughout the whole day is in sense what I think a good co-working space needs to provide. That sounds fabulous. I love the social aspect as well, that around lunchtime, when everyone starts to get hungry, people convene and the really nice social aspect then there too. Talking about the social side and having a space that's full of people who are working, who are engaging with one another. 2020 obviously was a very traumatic year full of many challenges for us all, both in our professional and our personal lives. And so, Lorna, I'd like to ask you for your own experience, what are the realities of being an entrepreneur and having to navigate through a pandemic, leading a co-working space through a pandemic? What have you learned from 2020? Um, Hard one, uh, it was that year. Um, but I must also say there is a learning curve the last year, which I think I have not had in my 23 years in any other positions. As you said, yes, I opened Think Tank 1st of February. We had a, a few events to warm up on, and then the first lockdown hit us uh, only five weeks later. So I always say I don't know how co-working looks like because I only know co-working at my company in the middle of a pandemic that is for me almost normal. And I now need to adjust to this increased demand for people coming in and a fuller house. That is for me something new. I think what I did, and I think that is also around how do you as an entrepreneur survive through such an experience is... I biked every day to Tink Tank. I put on the lights, I put on the coffee machine, <laughs> and I stayed there until the evening, even though I was the only one throughout uh, many weeks to sit here. And I guess the most expensive office <laughs> I will probably <laughs> ever have, I, I hope. But then the first day guests kind of stopped by. We had some events coming in, and some of the long-term co-workers who are fortunately still around started signing up membership and then we have been growing like month for month. It's obviously a more slower growth than I would have loved to. And we're also still waiting for that big boom of workshops of events, but the co-working space is getting pretty full. And it's a mix really of entrepreneurs and companies and employees like you as well from other companies who are coming in and, and looking for this other's place. So you learn quite a lot about yourself and how you react in crisis like this. But I'm also a strong believer that a market like I'm offering in co-working will more than other companies come out as a winner of the pandemic because I think we are offer exactly what it is that we have learned throughout the last one and a half years in wanting flexibility, wanting to have exactly that different balance every day, depending on do I need to kind of loop back very quickly home because I need to kind of take over from my spouse or how can I still get in contact with people but still be safe? And I think that inspiring, caring community has been something which people are really um, mentioning as a differentiator throughout the pandemic when you loop into spaces like mine. That's really good because I could well imagine while many of us who have previously worked in traditional office spaces have been 
working from home, feeling pretty isolated. And I think it sounds to me as though it's been pretty much a lifeline to many people that they've had the opportunity to kind of meet up with other like-minded people in a working space, a safe working environment. And, and that's really incredible. And of course, as we said, in 2021, we're all starting to reevaluate our working routines and habits, trying to embrace some of the newfound flexibility that we have and thinking how we can bring the best of both worlds together. And I think collaboration and community remain two very, very important topics. So I'd like to maybe ask for your advice there as well, Lorna. How can we continue to nurture working relationships with this new normal, this new working environment and the flexibility that it all offers? Well, I think it puts a lot of empathy on how a company culture is being lived. I think you cannot do hybrid working or this new working model if there is no kind of trust in the company. And we have had co-workers also coming in and say, well, you can't tell anybody I'm here because I'm, I'm right. I need to be somewhere else, but I can't, I can't do it anymore. I can't be home. It's not, it's not working for me. It's just too many stressful things hitting me and I need to focus on my work. But I think having that trust culture within your company will automatically, I think, open up for that dialogue on how can we still stay close, even though we are working out of different physical locations. And I think having a focus on that we have different needs throughout a, a week, that is not something new. I think the pandemic has just kind of put a more kind of focus on it. And now it's been blown up as something which, yes, we now need to kind of figure a way on how to deal with different needs throughout the week. And that can be focus days at home where home office works perfectly. That can be great days where you go into the headquarter or your, your normal working address because the team is there and you need to kind of have that collaboration with the people in face. But there can also be a lot of kind of model in between where, and I hear stories here where three colleagues from the same company all work living in Heidelberg, but the company is somewhere else. And why would they kind of want to drive there if they can meet up very close to home, meet up very spontaneously, just work a couple of hours together and then kind of log out again. So I think these very um, yeah flexible models, we need to find kind of a, a good mix between that. And I think having that trust, embracement around that and offering it to our team and our employees to say, it's fine. I trust you that you kind of can figure out the best model for you, depending on the task you are you are set up to do. And, and I think we just need to make awareness around what models are out there and, and what is it that we feel is a good space for them to work creative in as well. Thank you. And staying with the topic of connections, communities and networks, what does the Tink Tank community and the expert network that you have, what does that mean to you? How important is that? Well, the expert network is, uh, you can see it like an, an extension to like almost this soft platform, which you can lean up against to get advice. You would normally have that in a workplace. You have colleagues, you can just stop by to the next office. You have somebody who can, you, you meet in the coffee corner and you can talk about obviously not being physically together. You're looking for having that advice and that support somewhere else. Our expert network obviously starting very much from day one coming from me and my many years of experience I brought into the space, but 
Over the last year, I've extended and grown our partner network, obviously the customers and different kind of other networks which we have been looping into, and that have obviously extended that expert network tremendously. We're also working on some kind of academy-driven activities, which is really around having companies to wanting to loop into networks like ours because it's so diverse and it's so industry independent. So you can almost loop into that skill you're looking for in whatever phase you might have in your company or even in your startup as an entrepreneurial kind of small team. And we're working on making that both attractive for obviously people who wanted to loop into this, but also for our co-workers to kind of add on to it and leverage that skill as well. If I kind of look at the personas I have here, it's almost the whole kind of end-to-end food line you can almost fulfill. So somebody coming in and say, I really, I need legal advice. I need some social media advice. I need marketing device. I need kind of investment advice. And maybe I'm looking for an investor. Many of my coworkers are offering that as part of their business already. Yeah. So I think stressing all kind of industries and levels, backgrounds, which are coming together, that makes it very unique, I think, in that collaboration. And as I said, there is a very genuine, because you're without filters and very authentic in these workspaces, there is a genuine will to really help and support as well. A very, very special place of community and, and creativity then as well. And what are you most proud of when it comes to the community that you've built up? Well, there is a loyalty, which I was very excited about. You never know. Uh, uh, co-working is extremely difficult to sell on a website or on beautiful pictures. Uh, co-working is something I think you need to feel and you need to come here physically and be here a whole day and kind of figure out if that's something which kind of fits to you and what it is that you are looking for. But I'm very proud of that group which has come together. And I think the tone we are having and that very colleague tone we have, that was what I was hoping to experience. And it's been for me kind of that light throughout the last one and a half years that, that I can only right, thank all my coworkers to really sticking with me and coming every day or a few days and kind of support. And I think you can feel really proud of looking back over the last month then and really seeing how the communities grow naturally and really evolved. Exactly. Yeah. One question that I do have is co-working. Is it a suitable option for everyone? Can you maybe talk us through the pros and cons? If you have a very animated discussion now with this question, is it for everyone? Um, No, I don't think it's for everyone. And I think uh, obviously you will still have professions where I think you have to move around with a lot of stuff, right? We have had like the tax accountants, right? Who are not as digitalized, I think, as they might should be, but they're still kind of running around with all the folders. It's difficult in a space like this to, even if you're going into a small private room, I guess there are some professions, I think, who are not there yet. That doesn't mean they're not getting there, but I think it's a process which we kind of need to find also our place in this new hybrid working model. When I look at kind of our knowledge workers, which I think many of us are, I think co-working can add an aspect to it, which we might not have been used to, which can open up, I think, ideas and a new way of thinking, which I think can be very healthy. And if I look at my community, there are really people who are employees, also even in more technical, like literally with machines, normally 
going out to customer sites and selling big machines. Uh, we have a, a few of them who are now doing a lot of that sales now yeah, online and still wanting to talk to the customers. We have experts who are almost uh, looking into, we have a, a machine learning guy who's uh, studying algorithms the whole day and really looking into his American employee in the afternoon time. We have entrepreneurs who are either as consultants or change management. We have a lot of coaches who are doing coach sessions with their coaches. So I think a lot of industries coming together and also I think many industries, I guess I didn't thought would actually come, but I think are getting their eyes open now for the advantages of being very flexible and kind of looping in spontaneous also when the need is there. And I think that is what hybrid work would also be kind of giving us going forward that it's really about, but it can it can feel a little bit like this felt not right. Our future work is this multicultural arrangement of very different locations, and as you said, as we started, this digital technologies is just increasing how we can mobile move around all these spaces. We are no longer kind of glued to a certain location. There is a choice to kind of choose where you want to work, but that also put some new challenge in on us to figure out what do I need and how can I still kind of get in touch with my team and my colleagues and how do we meet in external arrangements than what we have been used to so far. And I think it's really key, as you said, as well, it's all about trust. It's about communication. It's about flexibility and remaining versatile as well. And um, I guess hybrid work really summarizes all of those different aspects that you've just listed together. Or what does hybrid mean to you when we talk about different new working models and new work? Perfect topic, since I'm in the process of actually writing my first book around <laughs> hybrid working models. Um, but I, I obviously, the, the importance of physical space is very dear to my heart. So I'm not a believer of hybrid work being just having us spread all over the place and never see each other. I'm a strong believer that physical space and physical closeness is needed. And I'm probably not the only one who has felt that loneliness throughout the last many months and also now experiences that people really want to get together, right? It's They're coming in and say, oh my God, at last I see people, I get to get dressed in the morning, I get to go somewhere and my working day also ends. I think in this hybrid home office, the day was endless. And some are coming here also to have that experience again is I'm looping in, my work starts and at the end of the afternoon, I go home and it's like after work and I can do my sports and my hobbies again. So for me, hybrid, I see many models and I think we have been having many of these models. It's not a new thing, but the pandemic had put focus on it. And now we are starting to discuss how to mix all these different type of models. And I think every company and every individual will end up defining how that hybrid model should look for him or, or her. So I think it would be the best to continue that very open dialogue we have and, and seeing what is others choosing, finding out what works for us and what works for my company's culture. I'm working for a smaller company now with around 100 people. And what they are doing is they have like felt that in the pandemic, having these 100 people 
together that was not needed anymore. And now they are getting almost rid of 50% of their desks and saying it's okay that 50% is always in home office, but the other 50%, when they are coming into work, we need to inspire them to work differently because they are not in that setting on having the same colleague next to you every day. They are meeting other people. So they're putting a lot of emphasis in creating different kind of zones to inspire people to work differently. And even booking your desk, like we know it from airplanes <laughs> and trains that, you know, tomorrow I'm coming in, I want exactly that desk and book and coming in and just be easy to plug and play and work there every day and then plug and play out again in the evening. That is for many that new thinking. There is also a lot of employees in that process who feel insecure and it's a new setting. Uh, one of the from that company I mentioned was saying, well, I've been sitting at that desk for the last five years. I've decorated it like, I know I have my pictures, I have all my artifacts and I need those. And what about now that everything is flexible? What do I do with my artifacts? And I think having that dialogue with colleagues and your employees and being open about, there is also a lot of insecurity and a lot of frustration also in this very remote hybrid work. And we need to have space for everyone and need to have that I guess, um, also time to adjust slowly. It's not something which happens overnight, especially if you are a smaller or middle-sized company. So yeah, having that dialogue going on around what it is that you need and how can you support in rearranging for the hybrid working model and then slowly kind of taking the hand of these persons and also helping them through to see what advantages it can have as well. That's really good. And I know it sounds a bit cliche, there's not one size that fits all, but I think that's no. very true in this discussion as well, that it's like you said as well, with your co-working space, it has to be very authentic. We bring our whole selves um, to our work. Um, so I guess there's not one solution or one approach for every single employee or every single worker. It has to be very individual setup, individual timescale, I guess, as well. And there will be colleagues who really need a fixed desk, and that is okay. So there are positions or tasks which you cannot do by moving around through five different locations throughout the week. And I think we need to be big enough also to embrace that and say that's fine. It doesn't need to all be like up in the air and fluid all the time. But there will also be colleagues and employees and individuals who really love this new hybrid way of just moving around depending on what I need and that should be okay as well. But I think talking together and figure out what is the best fit and finding that very multi-local kind of arrangement, I think that is where we need to come. And I think we will come there, but it does take time. It's not something which is really building from one day to the other. Makes a lot of sense. And if we take this whole aspect of flexibility and freedom one step further when it comes to hybrid work and new working models, what's your personal opinion of digital nomads? I've chatted to our sound engineer, Miguel, about this in the past, and we're kind of curious about how digital nomads, how does that work and who is it for? What do you think? Well, digital nomads are already all, all around us. <laughs> that is, again, not a new concept. I think the world of entrepreneurs is already living this. The question, I think, what is arising now is whether many of us would transform into being a digital nomad by choosing, for example, also living places in other places than is close to our working address. Like many of us have maybe 
I bought a home, I bought a house, which is close to where we work. And now when we are now not supposed to go there every day, why should I maybe be living there? Maybe I want to live somewhere else. So we get this freedom to choose. And I think definitely many would probably choose to move out of maybe bigger city. The discussion, if you're following that in the press, uh, there is a big discussion around this rural co-working rule uh, decision is everybody now moving out of the bigger city and now going on the countryside and having this very idea because you can work from there. The technology is now making it possible. And we are seeing many of these different models. And I think this needs to be expressed also going forward and, and kind of transforming together with the market to meet these new demands. So yes, am I a digital nomad? Um, probably not. Um, I also need to adjust. I also have a fix, actually a fixed seat in my co-working space. I do kind of force myself to move around throughout the day, but I'm also like almost a, I'm a product out of 23 years of corporate co-working where I used to have my desk and I also need to think otherwise. But again, inspired by many of uh, normally the more younger generation coming in, I have one, he's like 10 different places throughout the day. And there is something inspiring to see how he uses even a very physical space, how he used that in different settings. And I think even within a space, you can be, I guess, a, a nomad. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. No, I like that aspect too. And I'm glad you mentioned what your own working behavior or preferences are as well, because I did want to ask if you have been really formed by your prior experiences. So your 23-year experience working for bigger companies and how that kind of really reflects now in your working habits. Yeah, I think what we are trying also in the community is to force each other a little bit to think differently. Uh, so we are trying different things. We also going for walks together to kind of get that break within the day, because else I'm also sitting like in eight, 10 hours <laughs> at my desk and, and doing my work. So uh, yeah, but I think there is a lot of inspiration coming in and you never know new coworkers coming in. They bring new inspiration in and new ideas and just being open to see what it is that they are looking for. We do that when we come together as a community for, for community breakfasts and community events and talking about, right, what is it that we're missing? How is it working? How are you dealing? And kind of having that exchange on how we as a space owner also can support and get inspired. Brilliant. And can I ask you maybe to share part of your vision for Tink Tank for the future? Do we see new working concepts? Do we see pets coming to the space? Um, what's on the horizon for you? Can you share any of that with us? Yeah, unfortunately, no pets yet. <laughs> I, would love, <laughs> I would love to have a co-worker coming in with a pet, uh, but that hasn't, unfortunately, hasn't happened yet. Um, well, my, my vision is to continue to expand the concept of, of Tink Tank. I'm working on my, my space too, which will also be in Heidelberg, but uh, somewhere else. And also building on some of the learnings we have had from my first space, which is a more, I guess, a smaller, we are 400 square meters. So it's it's very intimate, you can say. And my second space will be almost double. So you will have more room to play around also with private rooms and these more safe rooms where you can loop in and just work a little bit on your own and then go out and kind of meet the community. I think very high standards to us as space owners will continue to increase because the users of our spaces will also come in with a very professional and high standard demands on 
how the interior, how does the desk need to look like? How can I work with different kind of interior also within my creative process? So we need to stay flexible and need to be very open-minded in, in, in that dialogue with bigger companies on what are their needs and what do we need to kind of make sure that is just available here as a default. I think co-workers are getting more mature, uh, more demanding, and obviously they will just be expecting that we just have that as a default. Um, so I continue focus on what I call corporate co-working because I find these demands coming in very interesting and also having with a more mature co-working community dealing with that since I count a little bit to that as well, I can relate to those needs, having more physical spaces to continue to kind of also building out that expert network, which I mentioned also a little bit earlier. So that's my vision. I'm playing with some ideas around franchising because we're getting now requests coming in for people who want to open spaces like mine, but is a little bit uh, insecure on how do I build the brand? How do I kind of uh, just get up and going? And I think there is a lot of experience and a lot of knowledge which we can kind of loop into with other space owners over time. Mm -hmm. Well, you talk about franchising and your own brand. Um, obviously, your co-working space is called Tink Tank. How did you choose the name? Uh, I was out jogging <laughs> and somebody had a discussion with somebody around the think tank with the H in it around the advantages, which is right, the think tanks are normally very focused around a particular topic. And I got ignored about why is it so, why can't it be open? Why is it that it has to be around a certain topic? And then I got rid of the H and I thought, well, that has a nice, nice sound to it. I already kind of saw my logo being a safe place, but also there is a, a opening in and out, which can be fluid. And I wanted to kind of express that flexibility that you can be part of something stable and still be out on your own. And that what I, yeah, what I wanted to put into both my brand and my, my logo. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Our call to action for our learners who are really interested in learning more about co-working and hybrid work. You mentioned briefly your book, would you like to share the title with it when it's available? Oh, no, are you putting me on the spot here? <laughs> <laughs> I'm two-thirds into writing it, uh, so I do not know when it's coming. I'm hoping it's this year. And the title is uh, not fixed yet. I haven't put the title on because it's going to be yeah related to, obviously, what is still to be written. But stay tuned, I guess. <laughs> Okay, so we'll watch this space and when it becomes available, you let us know and we'll add that link and everything, the details in our show notes. So maybe you want to share the website for Tink Tank with us. Yes, so www.tink-tank.de. And I think what I would really just recommend to everyone is just stop by. It doesn't have to be Tink Tank, stop by to any co-working space, I guess, next to you and just try out not just one, but try out a few co-working is very much about feeling an atmosphere it's it's really difficult to just pinpoint one out so I think you need to just do a little bit of uh, co-working hopping and see what fits for you and I think also be very vocal to both your employee and the decision makers in how you would kind of love to see your own workplace transform into be a more sustainable kind of a hybrid workplace fitting to these new needs which we have now experienced also the last one and a half years and I think 
I love to see this as a huge opportunity up in the air, like everything is being discussed now. Everything is being turned and tossed and nobody is fixing it yet. And I think that's a huge opportunity for us to now be vocal about it and expressing what it is that we need and be kind of part of forming how that workplace in the future can look like. And I don't think we will ever get a chance like this to be so vocal about what we need because nobody knows what it's going to end up with and everything is very fluid and that just makes it a tremendous opportunity for us to describe what it is that we need. Brilliant and a fantastic summary for us today too. Thank you so much, Alona, for this fascinating discussion. I've loved every moment. I'm happy to and thank you again for inviting me. Thanks for listening to Open SAP Invite Thought Leaders with Lorna Agersbjerg. And thanks to our sound engineer, Miguel Caroli. If you've enjoyed this episode, please share, rate, and leave a review. And be sure to check out Open SAP's free learning portfolio of massive open online courses, micro-learning videos, and podcasts on opensap.com. And don't miss your next invite. Subscribe now. Oh.